0: Welcome to the Health and Wellness Practitioners Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Danielle Angela. In this show, I and my guest experts will talk about everything from getting your practice started to developing your clinical skills, growing your practice your way, and of course, dealing with the real stuff like burnout and work-life balance. Whether you've been practicing for decades or just started your journey, you'll find something here for you. So take a deep breath and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Health and Wellness Practitioners Podcast. I'm here today with Jen Hope and we are going to be talking about overcoming imposter syndrome so you can become a better leader. I know all of you, uh, not all of you, I know a lot of you. <laughs> and I know that um, you feel like you wanna do bigger things with your career and your work and you wanna make a bigger impact, but yet there's there are some things standing in your way, and sometimes those are how you feel about yourself or what you think about yourself. We're going to talk more about that today. Before we dive in, I am going to throw some rapid fire questions at you, Jen. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. First things first, tell me why you chose the career path that you are on.
1: Uh, well, two reasons. Uh, And my last job, uh, we had a meeting that we held every single week. And looked at the same spreadsheet of data every single week. And I sat in that job and I said, there will never be a time where I am a butt in a seat looking at the same spreadsheet every single week in a row. And I got to get out. This is this was this was my definition of, of of just insanity for me. I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and there's this connection. there's this intersection of the two things that I have studied and that I have love and it's the intersection of business and people. Uh, and that's what I get to do. Uh, I have this incredible joy of being able to, to, to really work on this intersection of people and business every day. Um, it's, it's my passion. It makes me happy. It's what I would do if I won the lottery. Um, this is, this is it. Well, that's pretty amazing
0: to do what you're doing,
1: even if you won the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. I love
0: it. (laughs) Tell me more about what fills you up.
1: Connection with people um, being outside dogs, every dog, all the dogs, um, and, uh, movement really like being able to move and move, you know, every single day. And, um, that gives me the capacity I need, the tools I need, the headspace I need to, to do what I do and to, to be there for the people in my life.
0: And I have a very awesome dog that you would love if you are a dog lover, yeah. because He loves everyone and everything. His name's Jake. He's actually on the floor behind me right now. And he is usually at my side. (laughs) Um, If not, he's like with somebody else that lives in the house, my children. And um, he's a chocolate lab. He's about 86 pounds, maybe a little more than that right now, since it's been winter and we haven't been outside as much. Um, But he's like a gentle giant. Well, he can also be, he's, not, he's never aggressive at all. Um, he's just very strong. <laughs> so he wants to sit on your lap, but he would probably knock you over. <laughs> By I love that. I love that. Um, next question. What do you like least about running a business?
1: Well, I worked in marketing for 18 years and I left marketing because I didn't want to do marketing anymore. And it <laughs> turns out I'm still a CMO. Uh, yeah. so yeah. So running a media company, um, I ran a whole bunch of media companies and built media departments. And um, I think it's I think it's really challenging. I think it's um being CMO of your organization, whatever that organization is. Uh, it's a big job, and there's a lot to it, and it's probably it's more complicated than I've ever seen it. Um, and so, I think that's one of the hardest things to do in our business.
0: Mm, you were my second interview today, and the last person I interviewed said the exact same thing. The thing that she liked least about running a business was marketing, and yet without marketing, we don't have a business.
1: Should I think of a different answer? Can I try a different answer? How about bookkeeping? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> To never be the same as anyone else, I am going to say no. (laughs) No, I
0: think that's really real though, because I know that most of the people listening to this will also
1: feel the same way, that the thing that they like, the least about having their own business is having to do the marketing. Sales, right, too. It's the same. It's it's one and the same. It's really, it's a challenge for folks. Uh, I think the sales part has been easier, but definitely marketing.
0: Yeah. Okay, next up. What book do you think that every person should read? Um,
1: Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Mm. I've thrown that book across my room so many times. Like, oh, why is she so right? (laughs) Um, It's so frustratingly good. And um, yeah, or Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. Like another one I'd like, intellectually, it made sense to me and my body. I couldn't make sense of it. The first, like first three or four times I tried to read it, just couldn't swing it.
0: I haven't read The Gifts of Imperfection in a long time. I think it was two thousand eighteen when I read that book, and it feels like one worth revisiting.
1: Oh, always! It's I it feels like my like you know church, whatever that means to you know to me. Like it's like a constant. I can learn something from it every time I look at it.
0: Okay, last rapid fire question is: on a scale of zero to ten, how crunchy are you?
1: Ooh, what do we mean by crunchy? Like make your own nut milk crunchy? Yeah. Is is that (laughs) that level? Um, well, I have definitely made my own nut milk. Um, Mm -hmm. and so there, I guess that's the answer. (laughs) Yeah. I have a kit. I have a kit to make nut milk. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I've been practicing meditation for a decade. Um, I like to, you know, put my feet in the dirt and have a sandy butt once every couple of weeks, months, (laughs) that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: pretty crunchy. I think is is a pretty crunchy thing to do. I've never done that. And I would rate myself at around eight. Uh, I think I'd be a solid nine if I didn't have children, but my children have their own, you know, expectations and like wants and desires and they, they see what other people have and they want those things. Even if I don't necessarily think that's what I would want for them to have. Um, so I've had to like loosen up my expectations at eight, eight and a half is probably too high (laughs) in reality.
1: (laughs) I think also our environment can affect us. Like I live in Seattle. And so like, we've got, we're heavy on the crunch around these parts, you know, like lots of practical shoes and, uh, not a lot of high heels, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, I live in rural Missouri. So, I mean, like nothing gets more dirty (laughs) and the actual dirt sense than rural Missouri. Yes. I love love you here. Okay. So, our topic for today is overcoming imposter syndrome to become a better leader. Oh my gosh. Let's first start with the definition of imposter syndrome for people that are completely unfamiliar with it. What would you want them to know about imposter syndrome?
1: Yeah. So, one definition of it essentially refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. So having internal conflict, um, I'd sometimes refer to these as imposter thoughts um, that tell us like I am somehow undeserving, I didn't deserve this position. When will I be found out? I'm not fill in the blank enough, right? Creative, smart, et cetera, et cetera. enough.
0: Yes, I can very much relate to the when will I be found out feeling? When I finished chiropractic school, actually, I guess technically, I was still in chiropractic school. I applied for a residency position, and that's a very rare thing, even now, all these years later. Um, I was the third person to hold that position. It was a residency in sports and rehabilitation. I applied for it because it was 2008, and the economy was doing the economy thing. I thought, now doesn't really seem like the time to start my own business even though that was what I had gone to chiropractic school to do. And I got, I got accepted into the residency. And about a week after I graduated, I was working alongside the instructors who had just taught me how to be a physician for the last three and a third years. And I was like, there's no way that I'm actually qualified for this job. And if they knew like who I really am, I wouldn't have gotten this position. But, I, I was in the next, like, two years just kind of waiting. Yeah, maybe not two, a year solidly, like, waiting to be found out <laughs> and fired from my job. Oh. Yeah. But it was a very
1: impactful experience, that's for sure. Yeah. Did you, is it one of those where, like, you're looking around, like, comparing yourself to them for um, or... Was it like, that, like, cause that happens, right? I chat I with folks a lot or talking about like, oh, this person has X or Y or, you know, somehow they're, I don't know. Like, how does that happen?
0: Yeah. I'm not really sure exactly what it was now, but I certainly felt like I did I like, why did they choose me? I didn't deserve oh. that.
1: Yeah. That like
0: luck got me here somehow or. Mm-hmm. they couldn't, they couldn't find someone else.
1: So. Oh my gosh. Isn't that so wild what our brain comes up with? Like, I don't know these thoughts that are like, I don't know the idea of like it being a hot thought, right? Like what is the data that like this organization with all of these skilled folks, like somehow mistakenly chose you, right? Like if we went through the data that either supports or does not support that thought, I am certain that we would find a bunch of data that suggests that like you are exactly where you are meant to be, right? Right. Skilled and deserving a whole bunch of other things.
0: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't an easy interview process by any means. So um, I don't know, but that was my experience (laughs) with, I think actually one of my first like, aware experiences with feeling what we call imposter syndrome. Yeah. Cause I I was aware, like I feel this way, but yet here I am doing this thing.
1: Yeah. I had, um, I had someone tell me, um, I took a role. Um, it was my first VP role and I had someone, um, kind of mentoring me at the time. And she, I was asking her, like, You know, like how how did this happen? Right. Like, how did I get here? And, um, because, you know, so say, you know, a little bit of trying, like, this is, you know, gosh, a really long time ago. Um, but looking around, being like, I know I worked my tail off. Right. And I know I worked hard to get here. And I know that, you know, I I can do this job, but like, why did they pick me? And her feedback was so helpful (laughs) because she said, well, other people could do this job right? They, they definitely could do this job, but they wouldn't do it the way that you would do it. And they chose the, like for Jen to be in this position, the way that Jen would do this position. And that really, that stuck with me in, you know, a a practice, you know, having my own practice, like somebody's going to come and work with me and it's the way Jen does it. It's the way your, you know, your listener does it. It's the way you do it. And um, I think that's, that's really stuck with me from a, you know, VP position all the way for the, past 10 years that I've been doing this job of like, it's the way that I do it. There's, you know, there are other people out there, but it's the way that, that I do it. And and the, the gen flavor that I'm going to bring to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk a bit more about what the symptoms might be of imposter syndrome so that people that are listening might be able to identify, do, do they feel this way? Are they struggling with the same sort of thing? Does it look different for them?
1: Yeah. I mean, so one of the things that I try to like kind of slow my slow my own role on imposter syndrome about um, is that it can sound what I call more like imposter thoughts. So what does it sound like to experience self-doubt? What does it look like to be in a position where there's like to some sense of like having an inner bully who doesn't celebrate our success, right. To have some, like <clears throat> we're achieving, but the achieving doesn't necessarily even quiet or register in like, if we had a database, it wouldn't register in the category of a success in our minds. Um, we can you know easily brush that off. Um, or, or like, a it really can sound from what I understand from folks in their own minds, um, constantly comparing or approving of self, right? So when you get into a role, I'm going to prove myself, I'm going to outwork, I'm going to, you know, kind of look around and make sure that um, I'm doing it all, holding it, gripping it so tightly um, to, to prove my worth.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Having hosted this podcast for eight years now, I know the, the people that listen <laughs> and I know that they feel this, what you're describing, they feel this sense of self-doubt, right? And they oftentimes have bigger dreams for their careers. They have ideas that might seem crazy, um, things that they're capable of doing. If only they saw themselves as capable as capable of, of being able to create those things, those bigger visions, right? And yet the self-doubt holds them back from oftentimes from even getting started. So if someone recognizes that this is an aspect, this is an aspect of, you know, like getting to that next level, if you will, for their career or their goals, what do they do next?
1: Where do they start? I start with the pause of how, how, what have we put in? Our ears that have told us that we are somehow different because we're experiencing self doubt. Right. So, like, what is it? You know, I know there are a lot of folks who identify as female that listen to our podcast, right? We're yeah. marketed at as business owners, female business owners, a lot, a ton about yeah. like building confidence, overcoming imposter syndrome, all of these things that we can look around and that sound easy right mm-hmm. there's so much marketing that you can like type into a search bar and say how do i overcome this and be provided with a very simple answer and you know to put it frankly i call like garbage on a lot of that right that like there are folks who are um making money off what we're telling ourselves. And so I challenge folks to start with like hey, what's the messaging here that we've taken in? What are we taking on um as somebody telling us that that we have that we need more confidence that you know when we do x and y um then we can move forward, right? So a little bit of pause to say you've maybe been fed a little bit of garbage that you know that kind of in a moment where you we're feeling weak and vulnerable. So time out on that. And then what? <laughs> um, and then what? And and what I, where I start, folks, um, oftentimes is getting to something that's a little bit more data-oriented. So going through and building lists that either like support this thought that I am not enough or I'm feeling doubt about and collecting some information about it. I know you have a fairly analytical audience. I know that they're probably a little bit crunchy too, but really using some of that analytical headspace to say like, what are the facts? Like, what are the facts here? Like in working with with some of the clients that come into my coaching practice, we do some assessment. We do assessment work either from either self-assessment or we can do leadership assessment work that say like, based on some quantitative qualitative data, here are the strengths that we see when, you know, we're looking at this individual and give them something a little bit more quantitative to rely on versus this inner bully, this inner narrative, this kind of core habit that we have of doubt.
0: So in your opinion, in your, in your expert opinion, does someone have to overcome imposter syndrome to do bigger things?
1: We have to keep going. Yeah. Does that mean that we have to overcome imposter syndrome? I don't know that that's I think that's the oversimplification, right? The oversimplification is do we have to take steps and be uncomfortable and do things that are outside of what we consider to be our expertise in the moment because we, you know, I'm certain you've talked about this at some point but like that that um jumping off point from Competence through to confidence, right? So, like, you jump off, and we don't have comp, we, you know, we need competence. We need to believe that we're competent in an area to have confidence in that area, right? And so, like, that we have to do. <laughs> that we have to go forward and say, okay, I, I am not certain that I have competence in this area, but I'm willing to leap. I'm willing to trust and say, like, okay, I'll go try that thing, see if I have confidence, right? I'll go get on, you know, whatever it is, the bunny slope or whatever, you know, the magic carpet at the mountain. And I'll go down that, right. Until I have competence in that area there. And then I'm going to get on a lift and I'm going to go a little bit higher and then I'm going to navigate that terrain. Right. And, and like, yeah, like, are you, are you certain at the top that you're going to make it? No, you know, but you're doing it. Are you going to fall like likely, (laughs) right. (laughs) are you going to get back up? Yeah. Are the first few days going to be brutal? Maybe, right? Maybe not. Maybe you're, you know, super gifted and then we're all like, you know, celebrating for you. Um, And, but that is, yes, that you have to do that part. Does that, is that overcoming the imposter syndrome? Mm -hmm. That's not how I look at it.
0: Yeah. 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 And you know, that that's such an interesting thing to reflect on too, because I have been asked so many times, how did you do what you do? How did you start a podcast? How have you built an online business? How have we done these things that most chiropractors, I mean, well, uh, most people haven't done, right? And I didn't I didn't have it all laid out. I didn't know like, well, this year I'm going to do this, and this year I'm going to do that, and then the following year I'm going to do that. It's been messy. But the one thing that I was willing to do was just do it. (laughs) And I didn't feel, I mean, shoot, even starting a podcast, I, I definitely had imposter syndrome. You know, I remember doing those first like eight interviews, I think I had done before I actually published them and like launched the podcast. And I'm doing those interviews thinking, Hmm. Am I, am I doing a good job at these interviews? Like, I've never done an interview before. Who am I to do this? And yet I was balancing that inner voice with the inner voice or the inner knowing maybe that like there was something bigger that was going to come from just doing this
1: thing. Yeah. So what a dance. Yeah. <laughs> There's that aspect too, where we all have, um, we have ways that like we get reactive right? We have ways where like when your back is against the wall, right? Like you, you, you have a way that like either you are a person who like moves towards, move away, move against, right? Like there's just kind of, there's ways that we all react in those situations, right? And I think with, with perfect, you know, which we think is control, we, it's stopping, right? Like it's, like perfect and and perfectionism can also get wrapped up in here and say like is this perfectionism is this how perfect perfect is manifesting itself in like stop right so like you're on a path you're on a journey and there's messages in your way like don't do it you might look stupid what if it what if da 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 and and if you're like on a on this path <laughs> and we sit down are we have we let perfect get in our way? Have we let the idea that like, that we're controlling somehow like the embarrassment or whatever it is that we're going to feel in the future, like that we're for sure future tripping on because we don't know. Right. Um, And, and does that stop us? Like, is that, is the sitting down control? Is that, are we exercising the control that we really want to be exercising? Is that, is that safety? Is that, protection, you know? Um, I don't know. I think there's a way that we can like do it too without judgment. Like part of what we, I think happens to folks sometimes too, is then we're judging ourselves for not having taken a step yet. Like, oh, well, I didn't do it yet. So now I'm going to get on myself about it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) That's not, that's not serving. That's, you know, you're going backward, right? If we're now judging ourselves for not having the courage yet or being ready yet, that's okay. We're here today. We get all those days that are coming in front of us, and then and then we get to take those steps. But the judging us or judging our past us um is really like that second dagger kind of thing, right? Like this was already hurting, it was already scary, and now you're adding your own judgment on top of it. Like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa be nice to my friend, right? Like (laughs) chill out. Um, don't be so harsh. Yeah. And really what
0: continues to happen then is like a vicious cycle, um, that can be very
1: hard to end. Or we can look at it and say like, I didn't know better yet. I didn't know what I didn't know yet. Right. Like I was doing that. I didn't know I was doing it. And then like, as of today, now I know better and I've learned, and now I can give myself like a bunch of permission to Mm -hmm. have done it that way before and then say, okay, and now I know. And so now I can do something differently. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's that turning point where we're like, you didn't know before, you didn't have the skill, you weren't made aware, right? It wasn't in your, it wasn't in your um, field of vision. And then it's like, okay, now it's here. Now what, right? Like we do our best to practice something different every day. We hope. And then some days we totally don't.
0: Yeah. I love that. I I think that just speaks to like what life is, is learning the lessons that we're presented with (laughs) and then choosing, you know, to do something differently when, when we have those opportunities looking at, I guess, looking at the lessons as opportunities is, is part of the process though. Right.
1: Instead of looking at them as failures. Yeah. And I don't know, going back to like Kristen Neff and everything that I've learned from her about self-compassion, like that's that moment that this is struggle. Like baseline. This is struggle. And as entrepreneurs, particularly people who are going out on their own, like this is not easy. It is it is struggle. There are highs, there are lows, there are big, big dips um, in what we're trying to do. It takes so much courage to, to to be out here and have yourself be the center sometimes of what you're building. And mm-hmm. there is struggle in that. And in that struggle, That moment, right? Of like, what is easier to do in that moment? Sometimes it's easier to be harsh on ourselves and to do what we may have learned in our systems around us. Like, oh, well, you know, you didn't work hard enough, right? Or you, you know, why didn't you think of X, Y, and Z first? Or, you know, whatever thing that we can tell ourselves versus like, oh, dang, so sorry, this is so hard. Like, I got you. Like, you know, I think I use this metaphor like at least once a day of like, who's the person who's going to like sit on the front porch with you and put their arm around you, like, and be like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm here. I got you, dude. And, and, and like to do that for ourselves versus that, like somehow like beating ourselves over the head when it's hard. Cause it is hard. I've been running businesses for 20 plus years and it is hard.
0: <laughs> it is. It, it requires hard work. And as we talked about at the start of your interview, both of my guests on the podcast today have said that the least favorite aspect of running a business is the marketing. And yet if no one knows that you have the service available, there's no business, right? So putting yourself out there when you're a small business owner is like the number one task. And it's also the hardest
1: task. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about that too, like I think about branding, and think about like how we differentiate ourselves those are all pieces that are um when we're early in our process can be really difficult to see they sit in like that unconscious awareness place right it takes you know a handful of times of having someone reflect it to you and you reflect it to yourself for you to start to say like, oh, this is, you know, this is what's differentiated about me and to own it. Right. Like I changed careers, um, in my thirties and like, I-, I was very clear on what I was good at in my previous career. And then I was like a newbie newbie. I, I, I you know, I- it was so different to go from having this career where I had, um, such clarity about the value, you know, of of what I did and to make this shift, like it it took time um, Mm -hmm. to be able to stand in the, you know, the same in confidence, the same way, right? Like to complete that competence, confidence loop enough times to have my own database to work from that said like, okay, these are the things that I am very um, grounded in.
0: I think your personal experience there is really valuable because there are many people that are in the phase of their practice where they're very seasoned practitioners and they've mastered their craft with patient care client services and they're ready to do something bigger something that they feel like is more and they're like really proficient in the work they've been doing for a long time and can't seem to quite like make this leap into the next the next phase or like into that next level or into that new thing, that bigger thing that makes more impact. But that's, I think a lot of what you just described where no matter how old you are, how, you know, how long you've been in your career, if you're starting something new, there's a whole new learning curve. There's a whole new, um, how did you say the competency confidence. Right. And so just giving yourself like that grace, no matter what your age is chronologically to know that as you step into becoming a leader in a different way, whether it's building a team in your existing practice or, you know, starting an online service after two and a half decades of brick and mortar business, there's a whole new competency, confidence cycle that will begin and you won't know all the answers and it will be hard and there will be times that it will be scary, but your confidence will increase if you keep doing,
1: if you keep taking action. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And being, being willing, um, to be kind in that process, right? Like to yourself, um, and, and let go a little bit like that. Um, I'm, if you're listening, I'm holding open hands, right? That like holding it with open hands kind of versus like squeezing it so tight. Um, that because it's you know, such an experimental mindset in that moment, like when we're when you're starting something new to say, like, I think this is the thing that I'm gonna do and I'm gonna go forward with it, but I'm gonna test it, I'm gonna experiment a little bit. Um, which if we love like perfect and a hundred percent with a bow, like, oh, that is as a hard place to be and i'm raising my hand because you know it is something that i have to practice as well like we you just do and you have to get comfortable with like i have a little bit of information i'm going to make some guesses i'm going to get a little bit more information and i'm going to tweak and that's like i'm going to live with that ambiguity like that's very startup world that i came from but but also like so a part of what you're talking about of that stretching and and having like a little bit of a hunch kind of betting on yourself that Mm -hmm. you'll figure it out. Um, and, and trusting that like, yeah, the skills that the skills that got you here are also the skills that you need, um, like in the future, right. All the, all the way that you do it, you can do it with the skills that you have. Um, it may look very different than someone else's version. Um, but with the skills and the education and all of the pieces of what you've already done, like you will figure this out. You can, so it's doable.
0: Awesome. Jen, thank you so much for this conversation. This, this was personally impactful for me. So I hope that it was helpful for all of our listeners as well. If people would like to learn more about you and connect with you, where's the best
1: place for them to go? Yeah. So I'm at HeyJenHope. So heyjen one dot ecom So heygenhope.com um, is a place to go to set up a discovery call um, and to learn more about my practice.
0: Awesome. Thank you again so much. Hey, thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. If you love this podcast, then be sure to join our free community, the health and wellness practitioners group over on Facebook, where you can continue the discussion and get to know other people in the community as well. We're a group of chiropractors, naturopaths, acupuncturists, midwives, doulas, massage therapists, mental health therapists, counselors, nutritionists, and the list goes on. So come join us, get to know other people, build some personal and professional relationships. You can find the group by heading to drdanielleangelacom forward slash community and request to join the group. I will see you inside from there.